It's clear in minus nine in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's nine o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. Calgary police are investigating two separate deaths that occurred in the city's northeast last week. Police have confirmed a man who was stabbed in Marlboro on Wednesday has died of his injuries. Officers responded to a call on Wednesday when they found 51-year-old Gil Scott suffering from stab wounds. He was rushed to the hospital in critical condition where he passed away yesterday. 34-year-old Joseph Russell Verhad has been arrested and is charged with manslaughter. Police have also released some details about a suspicious death in Pine Ridge. Officers were called to a home in that community yesterday morning around 9 and found a woman in her 50s who was pronounced dead at the scene. One person was arrested, but no details have been provided. The investigation is ongoing and an autopsy is planned for tomorrow. Indoor soccer is back. Details coming up, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. I am flying over the southwest looking at 17th Avenue at 8th Street where there is patio closure still going on. That is going to be wrapping up later this evening. There's also a fire truck in your eastbound right lane blocking that lane off as well. Getting your flu shot at the pharmacy? Help protect yourself against pneumococcal pneumonia at the same time. Ask if Prevnar 13 is right for you. Learn more at Prevnar.ca. From the 770CHQR Traffic Helicopter, I'm Vanessa Arate. The indoor season for minor soccer in Calgary returned yesterday, and parents should be aware of health and safety restrictions if they want to spectate. According to the website, all spectators will be required to provide proof of vaccination in the form of a QR code or hard copy, or the appropriate documentation of proof of a negative test within 72 hours or medical exemption. All spectators who show proof of vaccination at the Calgary West Soccer Center and Calgary Soccer Center are welcome, but further restrictions are being applied at the Foothills Fieldhouse. It's limited to one spectator per child. Jordan Stewart, Calgary Minor Soccer Association technical leader, says he understands if there is still some hesitation to hit the field again. Some people have been been a little cautious um, in terms of their return. Uh, outdoor was a really great return. Indoor is, has been okay as well for most clubs. Um, but the, the clubs are just trying to, to put as many players and coaches back on the field as possible right now. Last fall, players were only able to take part in one or two games before COVID-19 restrictions forced games to a halt. No games were played until June 2021. The UN Climate Summit in Glasgow formally opens today. Leaders from around the world gather in Scotland's biggest city to lay out their vision for addressing the common challenge of global warming. COP26 will see negotiators from almost 200 countries try to tackle issues left hanging since the 2015 Paris Climate Accord was forged. The slow pace of action has angered many environmental groups, and several are planning loud and creative protests during the summit. Taking a look at sports... NHL teams just can't seem to score on Jacob Markstrom. The Flames goaltender made 20 saves for his third shutout in his last four starts as Calgary blanked the Philadelphia Flyers 4-0 last night. Sean Monaghan scored his first goal of the season and added an assist in the win. Calgary has now won six games in a row. In other NHL action, a pair of power play goals lifted the Edmonton Oilers to a 2-1 win over the Vancouver Canucks. John Tavares had a goal and two assists to help the Maple Leafs beat the Red Wings 5-4, and the San Jose Sharks scored 67 seconds into overtime to defeat the visiting Winnipeg Jets 2-1. The World Series could come to an end today. The Atlanta Braves are one victory away from winning the Fall Classic for the first time since 1995. 
Atlanta came back to win 3-2 over the Astros last night and take a 3-1 lead in the series. Global News Sky Tracker weather. Sunny and 1 degree today, but the wind chill feels like minus 13. Clear and minus 8 overnight. Sunny and 1 tomorrow. It's minus 9 at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next update at 9.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Good morning and welcome to Lex Talk Gardening. And uh, we've written our first chill of the season. And uh, our our printed up crew did a little road trip yesterday. They were out in Banff um, working on a mature evergreen hedge, big spruce hedge around this home. And uh, uh, just beautiful pictures from there. You can check that out on our, on our Facebook and uh, Instagram and stuff like that. But... Uh, just so many mature trees out in that area, so it was uh, it was great to see our team out there um, working for some clients, and it was great to see, and uh, it was a good job for them, and uh, it was a good way to spend a Saturday. And it is Halloween, so lots of uh, lots of things going on. I'm sure out there with all the all the kids and adults. I'm sure the the adults were Halloween and last night, so. Went to the hockey game. There's a few people out there all dressed up. We we are sold out of the carving pumpkins. We do have yellow pumpkins that can be carved. If you, I know a lot of people were looking for them yesterday. We do have these big yellow ones. They're not the pure orange, but they can be carved. And we do have the decorative uh, gray, and they're kind of cool looking. They're kind of a I don't know what color. They're <laughs> kind of a gray green. Um, you might you might be able to carve those if you have a real real sharp knife. Anyways, and if you want to join me, phone lines will be wide open here. 403-974-8255. There's still lots of gardening you can do out here. There's uh, a few things, but right now I'm going to pull up Jen, and she's down in the greenhouse, and we'll see what's going on down there at Spruce Up. Good morning, Jen. Well, good morning, Merle. How are you? I'm doing good. Yeah. Went, went to the hockey game last night, so it was a little bit late, but not <laughs> nothing crazy. So it was good. Good. Stay Flames tame. are playing. Yeah, they're playing smoking hot right now. So. Yes, that was, I, uh, I heard that. I heard. I haven't been following. I've been. I've been not following that. But Kent, I got an update from Kent. He said they're killing it. That's awesome. Yeah. No, five in a row road trip, and then uh, first game back at home. They shut out. So. Good. Lots of fun. Lots of fun. Lots of fun. Did you dress up? Anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what Derek and I said. We we dressed up as Flames fans. Oh, stop! <laughs> you guys, hockey players were okay. We dressed up as All hockey right. players. I'll let you get there away a, with that. There, there, there was a few good costumes uh, there last night. I've never seen this one. This guy had a big potato chip on his shoulder. I got a chip on my shoulder. Oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> I've never seen that one. And I, I see it on it. Was this one. He's walking through the dome with this pretty... big, great big potato chip on his shoulder. I got a chip on my... Uh, That's I thought, funny. Yeah, I haven't seen that one before, so I thought that was really good. <laughs> oh, Anyways, awesome. yeah. did we um, did we give away our prize? I know you guys were running a contest for the pumpkins and all that. that that's all done, and you guys yeah. did okay on that? That was so fun. Yeah, absolutely. And so the everybody came to pick up their pumpkins, and I'm not sure. I 
I don't know if anybody's posted on social media. If anybody's listening, it'd be fun to see kind of what they did with them in terms of a display or a carving or whatever. But, yeah, those are all gone. And Terry's giant pumpkin is still in the store. He's all carved and looking pretty at, right at the very front when you come in. Yeah, that's a, that's a massive one. Yeah, I think uh, Megan, she uh, carved that one when she yeah. was up in the till there. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I yeah. said that's what I said. Who came up with that? She's like, oh, I did. It was perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, we and uh, we saved a bunch of the seeds. Mm-hmm. So they're drying out upstairs. So we're going to store those, and then we're going to grow another pumpkin patch next year. So that's fun. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be super fun. And those seeds are giant, too. I mean, yeah, I, I, I was really surprised. Would... Like, like I wonder what that they taste like a pumpkin seed. I imagine they would if you if you ate them like a regular pumpkin seed. But yeah, but they're, well, no, <laughs> they're I'll like let you a, know. <laughs> they're like a big potato chip almost. The yeah, size they of are. They're quite large. But I guess it makes sense, right? Large sure. pumpkin, big seed. I know. <laughs> I know. Who would have thought? I know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we there we go thinking again. Maybe I know. Oof. Careful. Yeah. Yes. So, so a little crispy this morning, but there's bit. still lots of things we can do outside, eh? Absolutely. As long as you can work that ground, there's still lots to do. Um, I know we had somebody call in a day or two ago about getting her perennials in the ground, and she was just debating whether she was going to take them out of the pots or not. But you can still do that. If you can work the ground, um, then you can do some stuff still, So, including getting some of those bulbs in the ground. So I know a lot of people are looking forward to, to having a nice, pretty spring. So we still yeah. have some bulbs available to do that, and it's doable. Yeah, and 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 mainly what you want to do too, like if right, and now's a good time too, because the sky is similar at this time of year as it is early spring, um, right? As far as where your sun is going to be hitting the ground and a lot of that kind of stuff, and the and the length of the days, um, <laughs> so and it actually be a little bit brighter, but. You just want to find the sunniest spots in your yard. So if you want to plant some bulbs, so if you have snow, if you have any spots where maybe the snow's already melted, those are great spots mm-hmm. to plant your plant your bulbs. Good clue. Yeah, that's a good clue for sure. And, yeah, and plant them in bunches, like like seven or twelve or whatever. Just larger groupings. I find that we get a nice little uh, big splash of color in those spots. Yeah, it's. Saves being disappointed. <laughs> yeah, right? and if you, uh, yeah, and if you're in an area where you got deer, I think you still have quite a few daffodils left. Do you have some of those? I believe that we do, Merle. I was looking; I was too busy looking at the amaryllis to be honest with you. Um, uh, but anybody could be easily phone in or or social yeah, media. I, I wasn't going to mention no. amaryllis yet till November because we usually get lots and lots of amaryllis calls. Oh, but okay. Since you it, went there, since I you went there, I went there. I know because I can't stop staring at them, and I'm I have never grown one indoors myself, so. That's where I went. You've never head. grown an amaryllis? I've never grown one, no. I think I always just, I'm trying to think. It's been a long time, but I think I've always just grabbed them already started. I've never done it myself. So Okay. Yeah. So you got, so you got those all came in? Not all of them, no. We just started. <laughs> um, okay. We, like you said, yeah, we just started getting some in, um, but we do have, we're slowly getting the rest of that. I mean, obviously, you're right, November, we're going to, which is tomorrow. Can you believe yes. that? Yeah. <clears throat> it's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. But yeah, so we do have still lots of spring bulbs for sure, um, and then and then yeah, we have some Christmas bulbs. <laughs> Sorry, <But laughs> I'm pretty excited totally about it. Fine. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and uh, Suzanne and her team—they got the store just starting to look 
fairly festive. We're getting into the Christmas season, and it's I know so a lot of people pretty. think it's yeah. Yeah, a lot of people think it's too early. Blah blah blah. But <laughs> it, it's it 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 takes so long to set it up. It's true. Well, and it's so, true. Not to mention the yeah. inventory, Merle. Right? I mean, we've we've got to. I mean, we have to get it out there because we want to have stuff available. So yeah, it just yeah. takes so long. And uh, and I know all the people that do set it up, and it's to no disrespect of anybody else or anything mm-hmm. like that. So we just yeah. it's just our next season, right? We just can't sit on it for two weeks, and it yeah. just takes so long to set up. And and Suzanne, she's got some things up her sleeve this year, and yeah. uh, so it's uh, it's starting to look quite nice. It does. And, uh, Beautiful. And uh, yeah, she always amazes me what she can do out there, and she's creating those great displays and hopefully if you see some of the things in the store that'll give you some ideas of what you can do in your own house as well absolutely yep and that's where everything is too all the, all the bulbs spring bulbs all the bulbs are in the stores and so if somebody wants to come check out Suze's displays yeah and see what we have in store because lots of new things are coming out as well that she's been yeah, advertising we, she's so. probably only about 25 percent of the christmas out so far so we still have so we still have uh, a lot of receiving left to do and we're we're having the same thing. Some things are coming in a little bit later, and shorted on a few things. So, what I would say, if you see stuff you like at Christmas, like you hear on the news, grab it while it's there. Cause, uh, <laughs> Start the car. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It, it's yeah. It's going to be a different next few months, and uh, <clears throat> I know we're working super hard in the background, ensuring that we have product and pots and everything for next spring. Um, but the same thing with Christmas and, and these seasons, right? It's, uh, it's just, we're all in the same boat with this, uh, uh, supply chain circumstances and things mm-hmm. like that. So yeah. a lot of your garden centers, but we're, we're actually pretty fortunate. We, we have, uh, we've received quite a bit and, uh, so we're getting it all out there and, and yeah. hopefully, yeah. Yeah. Don't want to be too negative on that stuff. It is. No, what it is. not. And and good, we're here, right? We're here. We're already here. We're set up. We already have things. You're right. And so it's just a great place to be, anyhow. Yeah. You know? So, so very and lucky. So you got a few tropical sales going on, too. We do. We have 25% off of the four inch pots right now. So remember awesome. last year we were doing those weekly sales. And so yeah. we're going to do the same thing. It's fun, it's great for gifts. Um, so we have lots of those. I was looking downstairs at all the flowering four-inchers that we have, including jasmine. A lot of people are looking, always looking for jasmine. We have some nice Madagascar jasmine on these little hoops in four-inch pots. Um, wow. So, of course, we have and our And you still plants. have the elusive yeah, the elusive. <laughs> the elusive I knew plant. you were going to go there. We have. It's, <laughs> it's not. It's exclusive. The shrimp plant. Everybody wants to know what that is. And, yeah, we have those. We have... Um, Oh, gosh, we have azaleas, we have roses, we have cyclamen, we have some heather in for um, for Christmas already. We have anthurium, the jasmine, as I mentioned, um, and bromeliads. The bromeliads are super cool um, that we have cool. in as well. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. All, ki- all kinds of stuff. You got it all. Yes. Come you on in. You got it all. All right. Yeah. And you're, you're set up. You got stuff for any kind of bugs. I know people... This time of year is when a lot of the bugs, if people have brought plants in from outside, you might have some spider mites. So just check your plants and and things at this time of year is typically mm-hmm. when a lot of the um a lot of the spider mites and things like that sort of settle into your house plants. So just yeah. have a look at those and uh, and have a look. We are getting some aerosol stuff in too that makes it a little bit easier. 
oh. for for spraying some of the spider mites is too. Some of the other Doctor Doom products and a couple other things. So yeah, get um, rid of those guys. That's awesome, Merle. Actually, and that's a good point. That's why I like to clean the plants, my own plants inside. Right? It's a great opportunity to check out what's going on. Yeah, and you yeah. can use that spray and give it a little wipe. But yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. that's a great way of just naturally. Um, looking after any insects you're going to get on your plants for sure. Yeah, it's just it happens, a, you keep right? them nice and tidy. Yep. Yeah. Well, I had my lemon tree and I, I forgot to water it. We brought them inside and I, it got stuck in the <laughs> corner. I know because I'm usually watering outside and stuff like that. So we, it got stuck in this on the corner upstairs and I, I look over and it just looking at me like <laughs> all, you. a little you bit crispy. A couple yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. So go give it a shake. Fifty percent of the leaves <laughs> fell off. I'm just like, ah. poor thing. I know. Aww. So I put it in the, put it right back in the bright light. Gave it a good drink. Give it a little fertilizer so it, it'll okay. it'll perk back up. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and it, it'll perform better this year because I just gave it a warning shot there. Hey, if you don't give me lots a of lemons, <laughs> we're gonna dry you out. So, <laughs> anyway. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. anyway, so it knows better now to. <laughs> the not up, to produce. Hey? Yeah, shape up for a year to dry out. <laughs> I know, he's kind of the star of the show. You do talk about him a lot. So. Well, it, it, it's one I've had for a long time. I mean, lemon yeah. trees, they can be very nice, but they're not the most beautiful plants. So, because sometimes they drop their leaves and they kind of look a bit gnarly. So, um, true. Like the odd time, they look really, really nice when they're in full luster. But the odd time. <laughs> It's true. I know like, you have to kind of go through the trenches. Something a little bit like me, when the light hits me the right way, I just look quite spectacular. Other than that, I've got a. Uh, so there you go. But it's all about the lighting, Merle. <laughs> That's what they say. That's, That's what, what they, they say. say. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Cool. Well, thanks, Jen, and uh, I appreciate uh, <laughs> you putting up with my my wit and all that other fun Love stuff. It. Yep. And we will uh, we'll chat with you in a little bit. You got and, it. And uh, stay warm down there. And uh, you guys are there 9 to 6. We and, are. Uh, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, Merle. Thank you. All right. See okay. you in a bit. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open. And you won't have to put up with my humor anymore if you'd like to give me a call. 403-974-8255. That is the talk and text line. You're listening to... Let's talk watering. I mean, let's talk gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's only year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered and a few things that uh, at this time of year, obviously we, we chatted about uh, doing bulbs. Still, still a bit of time. Next couple of weeks, it looks like it's going to warm up. It's a great time if you want to add any bulbs, and it's also a good time to reevaluate your yard and sort of pick some empty spots and maybe start planning for next year, and just sort of see if you have no evergreen color going into the winter time. You definitely want to. Have add a, add a few feature plants, maybe a mountain pine or a mugo pine, or a couple upright junipers or something, just to give you some evergreen color. Or <clears throat> another one is those coral forester grasses. They just add great winter feature, and I always like to plant at least three of them typically together. Or if you're going to do them in a row, they look really quite good. 
<coughs> got another text here. Hi, Merle. We have interlocking brick path, which has heaved due to tree roots. Can we cut these roots without harming the trees? We have an art large apple tree on the one side. Um, yeah, these bricks, what I would do is, because that looks like there's also a large spruce tree there, like to be able to remove enough roots that would really help out. If you really want to fix it, I would raise this. I'd just pull all those bricks up and put about six or eight inches of new road crush. Um, your base for your pavers is right on top of that spot. And and just just compact it, get it nice and level again, and and just layer it out. And then on the other side of your pathway, sort of where the spruce tree looks like it's you have no grass in that anyways, I would just add some bark mulch and things like that, maybe create, plant a couple of junipers or a couple of rocks because it's just you're, you're never going to get the grass to grow in that area. And then it'll help keep the roots down too because you'll be able to water a bit more in some of those spots. Either that or take the sidewalk out and and then just put bark mulch over that whole area and then you can just walk across it on, on that without any walkway or you can put some stepping stones or flagstone or something through there. I definitely wouldn't cut all those roots. It's just, it's way too much um, to be able to do that. And you're too close um, to, to do that. So I know Chris had just responded in text as well. But yeah, she's basically saying the same thing. It's just, there's just, you're too close to be able to do that. So what, like I said, like I would probably do is just remove the parsh portion that's really wobbly and just, just put it into a big bark mulch bed, add some stepping stones or something, or you can just walk right across the the bark mulch, and that would work totally fine with that as well. So a few other things. Um, this week when it warms up, um, you can also shovel a bit of the snow into some of those spots around, your, around the foundation of the house just to get that little bit more moisture in. You could probably water in the trees in that one more time. So it looks like we're going to get a little bit of warm weather, like plus 10 by the middle of the week. So we're back up to some a little bit more positive uh, temperatures, which is going to be kind of good. Be able to get a last few of these uh, fall projects done. I know we're redoing a landscape display at the store, um, doing a new, just a new display thing to show kind of things that you can do, hopefully give you some ideas. We're going to build a couple of rock walls, some paving stones, a few other things in there. So you can come by and have a look if you're out and about this week. And uh, the landscape crew will be there um, doing a bit of construction on site, which is kind of nice just to tidy up some of those areas. And same for your house. If you're looking to do any kind of landscaping next year, Conrad, our landscape guru, he's our landscape designer. He is a graduate of Guelph University with a landscape designer certificate or degree and so he's uh it's a great time to get in touch over the winter we typically have a bit more time to deal with a lot of that stuff so not in the spring or summer you don't get good service but definitely in the winter time we can spend a bit more time it's a great time to plan um some some landscaping for next spring and we do do the full 3d modeling which is nice we can walk you through your yard we're going to be do actually we have a project in Kelowna that we're <coughs> we're going to be walking this a big house renovation so we're going to be doing a design for that as well 
So, but right now, if you want to join me after the break, phone lines will be wide open, 403-974-8255. I'm going to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's sunny and minus nine in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Megan Cobb. Calgary police are investigating two deaths in the city's northeast. Officers were called to a home in Pine Ridge yesterday morning where they found a woman in her 50s who was pronounced dead at the scene. CPS has also confirmed a man stabbed in Marlborough on Wednesday has died from his injuries. A man has been arrested and charged with manslaughter in relation to the incident. The G20 summit has ended and the UN Climate Summit in Glasgow formally opens today. Leaders from around the world gather in Scotland's biggest city to lay out their vision for addressing the common challenge of global warming. Sunny and one today, but a wind chill of minus 13 this morning, clear and minus 8 overnight. And the conditions don't change much tomorrow. We'll see sun and 1 degree. It's minus 8. Breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled news at 10. I'm Megan Cobb. Good morning and welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. Phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. I think everybody's just cuddled up in the couch there underneath the blanket still. But if you'd like to join me, the phone lines are wide open. And we've got a few, few texts here. What should we do for our outdoor roses for winter? Well, it depends on what type of roses too. Like if you're trying to grow the tea roses... Um, those ones do much better if they get completely mulched over. And a lot of times people use, you can put a little bit of wire cage around them first and then fill the cage up with um, just dried out leaves. And that'll create a nice insulation barrier for them. And then you can cover that whole thing up. You can either use, you can get those styrofoam, uh, styrofoam rose covers. I don't think we have any um in our store but uh, you can also you should be able to find them some places or even the styrofoam coolers um those were good depending on the size of your rose and with those you can trim back a little bit and so they can fit underneath that cooler and this and fill it up with uh and that'll cover up the leaves and and keep it uh, pretty well insulated for winter if you have normal shrub roses um like the mordens or the hanses um, you can mulch them up a little bit, but really a lot of times they don't need a whole lot. And I don't do any trimming of those unless you have one that a branch that's just gone off on its own, like in a crazy direction or something, you can even it up a bit. But I like to leave most of that trimming until early spring. Uh, you'll see when the new growth starts coming out. And then at that point, you can just trim it up because you don't want to take them back too too short early on. Um, in the winter time because you're going to get that winter kill and then it's going to go even deeper. So you want to have that the extra branches on there so that way if it does get any winter desiccation, it's, hap- it's happening up high. And then when you trim it in the spring, you can uh, just shape it up and then you'll get great new growth. And also, what else did I get here? I had, uh, can you can you do Cotoneaster for rejuvenation? Absolutely. Right now is a, is a, is still a great time. If it's full of disease and and dead, it's it's a great time. Cut it right down to the ground, 
and even with that, you could mulch it over and uh, and uh, put it to bed for winter that way. That would work really well. So you can you can do that, and and then next spring, what you want to do is put a soaker hose on it and then give it a really good shot of water and get it just good hydration first thing in the spring and then fertilizer right after that. And even on that, good per all purpose twenty 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 is perfect. You can use that, and that will definitely get um, you a great-looking hedge again. And you can do that with a lot of your shrubs. Lots of spireas and different ones need that rejuvenation every few years just to, to get too much dead wood in them and uh, and do that for sure. And, okay. Okay. I will go to the phone lines. you got one caller on there. We'll go to Tom. Good morning, Tom. Hi, Merle. Hey, how are you? Not too bad. How about yourself? I'm doing good. A little, good. little quieter this morning. Everyone's sort of looking outside thinking, I don't know if I want to do any gardening today. So how can I help you out? Well, I got a friend of mine. He's up in North Saskatchewan there, and he's inherited all his wife's house plants, unfortunately. And okay. uh, he was uh, kind of lax in his watering, I guess, last week. And he said... Yeah, this one plant, he said, I think, it, he said it was a prayer plant. So he said, at least that's what the wife used to call it. And he said, uh, it lost lots of leaves and the other ones were drooping. So he said, I went ahead and bored some holes in the dirt. And he said, I gave it a drink from the bottom. And he said, all the leaves are doing real good now. Yep. No, it, so, it soaks it up that way for sure. You can do it that way for sure. Yeah. So I said, well, I'll phone Merle and I'll find out what you need for fertilizer for your plants up there. So. It's one of the best, it's just a good all-purpose, and and when he does his watering, and sometimes some plants, if they've been left a long time, it might even be a good opportunity to replant them at this time, because then you're kind of starting out with new soil. Right. Um, that that sure. makes a big difference as well, and uh, and if, if if it did lose some leaves and that, a lot of times you can just trim those off, and that's what I did. I, did, I talked about it earlier, my lemon tree, I let it dry out too much. And I just gave it a good sh shake. A bunch of the leaves came off, but it'll it'll send out a bunch of new stuff as well. So I'm not too too worried. But just all purpose, 2020 20 are great for most of your house plants. Um, okay. But you got to but ensure that you water first. I give it a good watering and then fertilize. I, it's not a good idea to fertilize a, a dry plant. There's a no. chance you could burn the roots and things like that. So, okay. And what about Rage Plus there, Merle? Uh, Rage is Plus is a is a great one. That's a great all-purpose. It's just depending where they're at, it's not always available in all spots. But if it is if it's available, that's a great all-purpose. That one more feeds the soil too. So if he's not able to to transplant, that's a good way to get some food into the soil. Starts bringing the soil to life. Lots of little microbes and and great for root systems. Um, so absolutely love Rage Plus. It's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. I, I bought some for my sister, so out there at yeah, the shop. So it's a great all-purpose, like, it, and it does lots of great things. Actually, we just I had a monster at the store yesterday, and I was just looking at it. It's just never really taken like the way it should, and so I transplanted it again yesterday at the store. Give it a good shot of Rage Plus. So I'm hoping in the next, and that's what I do. I use it more for. A lot of times, my sick plants, and and that's not always the best rule of thumb, but that's sort of more when I use the the Rage Plus. If I have something that's really not doing too well, 
it's a great pick me up. It's it gets it feeds the roots, gets the root hairs going, gets the mycorrhizas alive in the soil again. So it it's really good for that. So and it, and if you want to continue using it um, throughout the year, it's it, it can be used as an all purpose as well. Okay, bro, that sounds good. So I just want to tell whoever is on the. Radio Land, uh, listen in there. Don't hibernate. Merle needs your phone call, so give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thanks a lot, eh? Thanks, Merle. Bye-bye. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. All right, yeah. Thanks. And uh, and uh, it is nice. It's a, it is a phone-in, call-in show, so I am here to answer your questions. We're getting a few texts, but if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403 974 8255. I know a lot of times it's really hard to, to get through on the lines, but at this time of year, when you get into November, December, January, typically it's a little easier to get through to the phone line. So if you have any questions from summer, give us a shout. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. Phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And I do have a couple callers on. I'm going to go to Sebastian. Good morning, Sebastian. Good morning, Merle. Um, I was just wondering, uh, can you hear me okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. Uh, I was just wondering, I have a little potted plant that was given to us probably about a year ago. It's a little jade plant. Um, yeah. And there's a bunch of little flies in it. They kind of look like fruit flies. And at first I kind of thought, oh, okay, maybe this just, I didn't really know what was going on. But it seems to be getting a little bit worse. So I was just wondering what I should do. And hopefully, like, is, that, is it possible that it spreads to other plants around it in the meantime? Well, what it is, it's fungus gnats. And it's typically if you maybe water a little too much. So especially with a jade, um, that is a succulent. So it's a type of cactus. So you can let it dry out. A little bit more and um, so oh, you're probably okay. running you're probably keeping a little bit too wet so just what i what i would do is you can either i get you can spray um some our pure spray green or something like that into the soil and and do it that way or what i usually do is just stir it up like just get like a a fork or something that you can just cultivate the top of the soil just to get some air going in there Okay. And then let's just let it dry out a little bit more in between waterings. And that's with most of your house plants. You just want to, at this time of year, you, you start watering a lot less as the days get shorter. So you'll if you used to water once a week, now you can probably do it every two weeks. And especially with a jade, you could probably even go every couple, two or three weeks. So oh, Okay, it, perfect. Yeah, just, you're just a little bit too kind to it, a little bit too much water. Um, so like you said, there is... You can use, and a lot of people use these mosquito dunks. We have uh, these little round tablets. Um, we have them at the store in a bag with a little instruction. And you make like a tea, and then you water it with this mosquito dunk, and that goes in and it kills all the larvae and everything in the soil, and it still help, and it's it doesn't hurt the plant at all. So that was oh. a, a sort of somebody who's used another product that solves another issue. So it's for mosquitoes. So we, we separated all, made just one dunk to make it a lot more cost effective. So somebody doesn't have to buy 20 of them or whatever. And, uh, and then we have the directions on there, how to make a, a fungus gnat tea. So. Okay, great. Well, yeah, uh, that was my question. So yeah, thanks a lot for taking my call. Perfect. Thanks for calling Sebastian. Appreciate it. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Awesome. And that at this time of year, we are going to see a lot more of that where people continue to water in on their on their plants at the same um, time frame as they were doing it all summer. And with all your house plants this time of year, let them dry out in between waterings. Not to the extent like I did with my lemon tree where the where the leaves uh, crinkle up, but definitely let them dry in between waterings and then give them a good water and fertilize once a month is still fine at this time of year. Throughout the winter is, is still fine or every couple months if you like, but you definitely won't hurt it at that point. And, uh, and if you do got a Christmas cactus, mine started blooming, so I guess it would be a Thanksgiving cactus. And uh, just, I typically have it in the full sun, but when it starts blooming, I move it out of the sun a little bit. because so I find if I leave it in the hot window, uh, the blooms tend to get spent a lot more. And it's nice if I can make it last a little bit longer. So I try to to uh, pull it out of there a little bit to, to make it last a little bit longer. And I'm going to go to the phone line. I got Catherine on the line. Good morning, Catherine. Hey, good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you out? Okay, um, I received a couple of those chrysanthemum plants over the last couple of months, and I'm yep. just wondering, uh, can I put those in the garden? And maybe is it too late to do that? I don't know. Um, depends. What if they're just the regular, like the fall garden mums? They're yeah. they're typically yeah. not hardy. Depends what variety. There is some, there is some some chrysanthemums that will are hardy to come back as a perennial. Um, but if it's typically one of those big ones that you see at our store and some of the box stores, typically those are not um, a perennial. Those are strictly an annual for the for the fall season. So oh, okay. if there was yeah. a if there was a tag on it, you can have a look and see. Um, you could always try planting it, and uh, if you don't have a tag and and watered in really well this fall, and then see what it does next spring. Right. Okay. Yeah. I think it's probably just something from the box store. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, yeah. Catherine. Bye. And that's unfortunate. We're in a hard zone um, for a lot of our plants and things like that. And we get these seasonal plants in in at the garden centers and and box stores and different things. And and a lot of times they're they're they aren't are not hardy, especially in Calgary. It, and it's not necessarily the cold that does them in. Like up in Edmonton, it's simply colder, and they can grow cedars and things like that. But what hurts it is our Chinooks that we love. We get that winter desiccation. So this week coming up, if you have cedars or even some upright junipers, Calgary boxwood, um, it's a great time to hydrate them really well, water them really good. And then you can give them a, a spray of wilt proof. And what that is, it's a lip balm for your plants. It's an anti-desiccant. So you spray it on the foliage, give it a good saturation, and then that'll seal it in and protect it from those desiccating winds over the winter. And you can also use it if you do any of the outdoor winter arrangements in your pots where you're doing the, the evergreen branches and things like that. It works really well. Makes them last about uh, two or three times longer than they would normally. And uh, so definitely worth it, especially if you do it on your mantle and things like that in the house where it can dry out. That will proof makes a big, big difference. I'm going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me after the break, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to 
Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. They're in for the second hour of Let's Talk Gardening. We got a few phone calls on the board, which is great. And we'll keep that going for the next hour. I'll be here listening and answering any questions. And we have Chris on the text line as well. And uh, so we got you covered on the on the talk and text line. So hopefully be able to help you out. We're going to go to Pauline. Good morning, Pauline. Good morning. Hey, how can I help you? I tried growing parsnips in a in a raised bed, but it was quite shallow. So I'm moving them to a tub next year. But I was reading somewhere that if you add bone meal or phosphorus to the soil, it helps the parsnips. Absolutely, any of your root crops, and that's um, like the phosphorus, and that's like one of the ingredients that I have in my lawn fertilizer. Because most most of the box store lawn fertilizers, it goes on the same premise. They have nothing. They'll have thirty two zero four. And so you want the high middle number for your for your parsnips, carrots, potatoes, things like that. Um, it helps develop roots and flowers. So absolutely. So if I'm trying to amend my beds, and I do have some bone meal and phosphorus in my garage, should I put it into the soil this fall so that it absolutely. can work in, or should I yes, put it in absolutely. in the spring? No, I would work it in now if you can. It, it definitely doesn't hurt. It gets into the soil, seeps in, gets mixed in well. That's perfect. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right. And just when you're trying to grow some of your root crops, and even in a barrel, and this and it gets a little bit tougher too. You just don't want to make sure it's not. You want enough sun on it, but if you can shade the pot a bit, you just don't want the roots getting so hot. And that's sometimes harder when you're growing some of the the root crops in. And if it depending on the depth of it, make sure you have good deep soil, like at least twelve to eighteen inches deep if not more yeah it's about um, 18 inches deep i was kind of thinking of putting a like a wood box around those tubs just yeah to that's sh- a good idea shade the, shade the roots like you say yeah yeah absolutely because and that's that's sometimes the problem like our our days are so long and nice and if they're if they're in a full sun those that root ball just gets so hot and then it shoots it up to to grow more growth on the top end and then the little end and just ensure that you have a good watering system like those soaker hoses work great for for tubs and things like that all right thank you all right take care okay bye thank you bye-bye all right i'm going to go to d good morning d good morning hi Hi, how how can i help you um i have a question about my morden roses okay didn't plant them this summer. I planted them last summer, and I planted two. One of them is really, really healthy, and the other one has been persistent. I think it's called bud balling. Okay. And, and that's you're getting some just like some of those ornate growths on on the ends and, and on some of your branches. Uh, well, okay, like on the one that's got I think the bud balling. I mean, I've got. This summer, it had massive buds all over it, and none of the buds came out. They just fell off. I could twist them. They just came off in my hand. Huh. They dried right out, came right off in my hand. Just, and the Um, other one. Is there any kind of, um, um, is there any kind of fungus on there? Like. Nope. Nothing. Okay. Okay. 
Um, just trying to see why why that would do that to sort of see because typically it's when you have cool damp conditions. So if it is it is that one a bit more in the in the shaded area or is it full sun as well? It okay. I mean they're both in the full sun right beside each other. I mean the the healthy one is in front of the one that's not healthy, but it yeah. was, it did that from the day it went in, like hmm. even the last summer it. They never came out properly. Okay. What I would try to do is next spring, um, give it a good cut back, like cut it back maybe a little bit more, and treat it with a product, even like the copper spray, Bordeaux, or you could use pure spray green. I'd try to use a fungicide on it and just ensure that you're not watering from the top. No, I water from the bottom for sure, and I have tried pure spray green on it. Okay. In the spring this year, I gave it a good, you know, three you weeks. Need to, and you do, need to do it sort of like three cycles, so every five days for like three consecutive weeks sort of thing? Which I kind of did. Okay. Ha, huh. I'm not, that sounds, I would give it a good pruning. Like first thing in the spring, let's give it a really good pruning and uh, feed it with a 15, 30, 15, not right down, take about 25% off the top. Okay. And then 15, 30, 15, let's get it pushing some good phosphate into it, get those blooms opening up. Okay, because I'm about to take it out. Yeah, no, that's my next thing. I said, if that doesn't do it, let's just start fresh. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, I'll give that in the spring then. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye-bye. All right, I got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's sunny and minus nine in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. A man stabbed in Marlboro on Wednesday has died. Police were called out for an assault when they found a man suffering from stab wounds. 51-year-old Gil Scott was rushed to hospital in life-threatening condition, and Calgary police have confirmed he passed away from his injuries. 34-year-old Joseph Russell Verhag was arrested and has now been charged with manslaughter. Officers say this was not a random attack, but have not said how the suspect and victim knew each other. Meanwhile, after hours on scene, Calgary police have released a few details on a suspicious death in the city's northeast community of Pine Ridge. Police were called out to a home in the 100 block of Pine Hill Road yesterday morning for reports that someone had died. When they arrived, they found a woman in her 50s who was pronounced dead at the scene. EMS was also called in, but says no one else was taken to hospital. Officers arrested one person, but did not provide any details on the connection to the victim. The investigation is ongoing, and an autopsy is scheduled for Monday. A University of Alberta criminology professor wants to see more of the province's report on forming an Alberta-centric police force. While this could provide much-needed reset for policing in Alberta, Temitope Oriola says there's a chance an Alberta police force does the same thing as the RCMP. If the new uh, provincial police service is simply going to uh, rehash the policies and practices, training and what have you of the current police services, then what is the need for it? Um, So my point is there's, there's a delicate balance that has to be struck. A report done for the province shows it would cost Alberta $735 million annually to run its own force, plus another $366 million in startup costs. Questions about what to do with the national flag have surfaced in the lead-up to Remembrance Day. 
Prime Minister Justin Trudeau requested the lowering of the national flags in May after the Tecumloop Sowetmuk Nation announced the discovery of what are believed to be the remains of 215 Indigenous children at a former residential school in Kamloops. The National Chief of the Assembly of First Nations says there needs to be another symbolic gesture made to recognize the genocide of Indigenous children if Canada wants to raise its flag in order to lower it again on November 11th. World leaders and climate activists are gathering in Glasgow, Scotland for COP26. It's already been revealed that one of the biggest challenges, raising $100 billion U.S. annually for poorer nations to combat climate change, will not happen until 2023. Europe Bureau Chief Crystal Guman Singh has more on what we can expect. Countries that signed on to the Paris Climate Agreement committed to every five years sharing and building on their environmental pledges to limit global warming to ideally 1.5 degrees. This Conference of Parties, or COP, is the first gathering of world leaders since the Paris Agreement. Record temperatures were recorded in 2020, along with record-setting greenhouse gas emissions. COP26 President Alok Sharma says he wants to see ambitious new goals announced because based on 2015 commitments, warming will rise above 1.5 degrees. Scientists say that could lead to a number of devastating events such as warming of the oceans and seas, more extreme and dangerous weather events, and the loss of animals and marine life. Crystal Gamansing, Global News. Taking a look at sports, the Calgary Flames have kept their win streak alive. Sean Monaghan scored his first goal of the season, and Jacob Markstrom made 20 saves for his third shutout in his last four starts as the Flames beat the Flyers 4-0 at home. Calgary has now won six consecutive games. The Toronto Raptors held on for a 97-94 victory over the Indiana Pacers in the NBA last night. Scotty Barnes led the way for Toronto with 21 points and 12 rebounds, and Fred Van Vliet added 16 points. The 4-3 and three Raps have now won three in a row. A battle between two heavyweights is on the schedule for NFL Sunday. Tom Brady and Tampa Bay Buccaneers take on Jameis' Winston and the New Orleans Saints. The NFC South rivalry takes on new meaning this season. Winston is a former Bucks QB who was replaced by Brady last year. Global News Sky Tracker weather. A sunny and one degree today, but the wind chill will make it feel more like minus 13 this morning. That temperature cools to about minus 8 overnight, and tomorrow we'll see very similar conditions to today, sunny and a high of 1. Temperatures will start to increase starting on Tuesday, and the week will be sunny and see highs in the low teens. It's minus 9 at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and if you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. But I'm going to go to the phone line, and I believe I'm going to go to... Is Mark still there? I'm going to go to Mark. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Merle. Hey, how are you? Good, thanks. Uh, enjoy your show. I listen to it every Sunday morning. It's very informative. But what I'm I'm coming at you a bad way today. Uh-oh. I know you're for growth. I'm for. I'm trying to figure out a good way how to kill the grass and weed in my carport so I can retop it. 
Okay. And they're like they're coming up through the asphalt or through the concrete or No, it's still it's all stone. Okay. Like paving stones type thing? Yeah, no, 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 just a quarter inch, half inch okay. stone. I'm just yeah, wondering, so like, I'm going to take a top layer off, yeah. and I'm going to put another layer of uh, quarter inch, half inch down. Okay. One thing you can on use is, like, a really good, yeah, you can use, a, like, a really heavy-duty landscape fabric. That will help. But if you right. want to spray and kill anything that's there now, um, just use Roundup. And okay. it might be too cold for it right now um, in this weather. Like if it's still actively alive, like what warms up this week, you can you can give it a shot of the Roundup um, right. and do it that way. But also just use uh, like a, then just put a good layer of heavy duty landscape fabric underneath, and and then that makes a big difference. That's what they do. Like when they do any of the the pathways in the parks and things like that, they'll put fabric underneath it. Okay, and, and you that, guys obviously have that heavy duty because there are different uh, absolutely. stages of landscape, is there not? Yeah, we yeah, and we have the the best one that you can get. Like we have the I can't remember, it's a five gauge is what they sort of rate it at. And, okay. Uh, and one thing, instead of the, if you might even want to try using like a ten mil rundle, we use that on all of our pathways and things like that. It oh. looks a little bit better, and it packs really hard. Like, it packs tight. Like, I used yeah, it I'm... on the pathway between my house, and yeah. it just – it packs, and it's really not much more because the, the road crush and that, when it gets wet, you still get that mud and stuff like that a little bit on your shoes and things. Right. With the, with the 10 mil rundle, you don't get that. It just packs really, really tight, great for walking on, makes great pathways, so – yeah, well, I'm, this, this is a carport, so it's like 25 by 30. Yeah, so you can drive right on it and stuff like that, yeah. too. Yeah, it, it works really good for that, for, for larger areas, too. Like it's so sort we can of, get a packer and vibrate it down, pack it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just then we use it a lot of times for our base because the cost of it has come down quite a bit. So we'll use it as our base sometimes instead of sand, especially when we get into the colder times. Right. You just rake you it in nice. Yeah, 10 mil, mil rundle. rundle. 10 mil. 10 mil, okay. And yeah. then the fabric, the bottom to put down, what is, is there a name for that or is it just? It's uh, in the larger rolls. We don't carry, like when you get to the larger ones, we don't carry any of the, the cheap stuff. So okay. it's just the, yeah. So when you see it in the larger rolls, you'll just say you want the commercial or you want the commercial uh brand there and that's all we have so and it's just uh underlay yep okay and that's a five mil right yeah it, yeah okay. they call it a five it's not a five mil but they grade it in different weaves right. uh, how it's woven so it, yeah the five right and you guys have all this yeah we have everything in stock there for you so you're good okay, what about the rundle do you deliver yeah absolutely okay yeah we sell it in bulk so we can uh we can load it in. We just deliver. You can get your base and that all prepped. We can back up and just dump it right in the spot for you. Okay. Good enough. Well, thank you very much for your time. All right. Thanks, Mark. Take care. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Where am I at for time? I still have time. I'm going to go to Lorraine. Good morning, Lorraine. Lorraine? Nope. 
All right. Do we have Lorraine, Renee? Or how about, okay, let's go to the next one. We've got Harold on the line. Good morning, Harold. Carl, how are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Uh, well, I have a philodendrium uh, in the living room, and it's kind of taken over the house. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, they can do that when they like it. Oh, my goodness. Can it safely be trimmed back without killing it or something? Absolutely. Yeah, and it's really I'll, I'll, easy I'll, I'll, to start new ones. You can cut them way down. Like, oh. you just have to do it above one of their dividers, like where one of the nodes are. Okay. Yeah, okay. you'll see like, where there's creases in the branches. And if you go just above one of the creases, it'll send out new growth from that spot. And oh. they're really easy to start new ones. So if you want to put those into water when you cut them, you can you can put some of the branches into as you cut them. Just cut below. You do it the opposite. You cut it a little bit below the node, and oh. then you can stick those into water if you want to start for some friends or or if you want to have a couple more around the house. But oh, when well, they well, love I'll... a spot, they can grow like crazy. It sounds like you're doing that. This thing's got a couple arms about eight feet long, and it's getting it's getting kind of ridiculous. You know, <laughs> we've, got, yeah. we've got to do something with it. You know, and when you do that, when you cut it back, it'll 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 it should send two or three out. So it'll, actually, it'll help thicken it up as well. So. Oh, okay. Oh, well, that's great. I appreciate that. Yeah. Nope. And like I said, it's always if you do want to propagate a couple of them, they do root up pretty easy. So if you want to share, good deal. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thanks, Harold. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. 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 Yeah. That's uh, those monsteras, and uh, I know a friend of mine, Brandy. She she took one out to their cabin, or their house in Invermere, and. It just grew like crazy. Like we potted them up for her. She took them. They sent me some pictures of them, and they're just massive. Like when they when they love when they get that nice bright light, and they like the spot uh, that they're in, they can just they can go like crazy. So pretty cool and awesome looking plants. Big foliage plants, so split leaf. And uh, we did have some. Uh, I think we still have about one or two left of the Thai constellation, the variegated. A monstera as well and they got one more caller on here i'm going to go to bernie good morning bernie good morning um, hey how can i help you well i recently transplanted uh some spruce trees and they're anywhere from six to ten feet high i guess and okay. i it was a couple of weeks ago and i watered them in really good and i'm just wondering how much water should i be giving them before winter and can you overdo it at all um, the main thing, were, these were in baskets, I'm assuming, being that size, or live transplant? They were live transplant. So you, yeah, they used a tree spade? Yeah. Okay. Um, you really can't, um, at this point, I wouldn't worry about overwater, but it is important, cause it just, and make sure you keep stuffing when you water them. If you get any soil that goes down into the cracks between the, the big root ball and the existing ground, Mm -hmm. fill that in so you get rid of any of those air air pockets down in there. So just make sure you're watering down there, get the soil down, and then make sure you fill in any of those crevices. And yeah, gotcha. uh, that way it seals up. And I totally would recommend putting bark mulch over top of it. Um, okay. around the uh, And at least come out to the drip line of the tree. So just right. maybe six, eight inches past the, the branches. And then that okay. way it just keeps them moist, makes all the difference. And uh, you should be good to go. And, okay. and fertilize next spring. You can hit them with a 105210. Um, water them really well first, and then give them a couple buckets of the 105210. 
just to help get the roots going first thing in the spring. Okay, that sounds good. And then, like, how much should I be watering them next year, like every few weeks? Well, or? no, well, are, do you have them in a row? Are they close to the house or, like? Yeah, they're they're fairly close to the house, and they're kind of staggered a little bit. Okay. Well, let's say what I'll do is I'll get a, a irrigation tube, and you can get that half-inch irrigation tube, and I'll put an emitter at each one and just run it underneath the bark mulch, and then you mm-hmm. put an emitter at each tree, and then if you put it on once a week for a couple hours, something like that, or every couple of weeks once you get them going, then you, you're not wasting any water, and the water goes down in there, waters them well, and you you just see all the difference if you if you do that. Like you'll just they'll root in quicker, you'll get start getting good growth in a couple of years, and and you'll be set. It just makes all the difference if you just get that steady stream to them. Okay, that sounds really good. Thank you. And it's real, and it's really cheap. Like it's. You can get a thousand feet for a couple hundred bucks, and then the emitters are like a couple bucks each. So on each tree, you put an emitter or two, and and you can just run it right along the the base of the tree. And like I said, it's just a it's a great way, so you're not wasting water, and the trees perform so much better. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Alrighty, thanks, thanks, Bernie. Good luck with that. Thanks. Bye bye. And that's bye. and when people do invest a lot of money in their trees and shrubs and. And sometimes that gets forgotten is the irrigation systems or or emitters for your trees and and so those are and it's I always it's like an insurance policy. I remember years ago we, we did a bunch of landscaping out on some acreages and the one guy didn't have irrigation. He says, "Why why does mine look as good as all those other people?" And a lot of it is this that that steady feeding, good water supply, and when you're using irrigation and emitter systems. You're not wasting any water, so instead of throwing the sprinkler out and half it's running down the street because you forget about it or whatever, typically when you're using the irrigation system, um, you're not going to be wasting any water. The water's going to where you need it, and it definitely benefits the plants a lot more that way. Anyways, I'm going to take a quick break. Phone lines are wide open again. We, I think we went through most of the callers, so you can fill the board back up. Give us a shout, 403 974 8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's only year round full service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And just a reminder if you have some big elm trees, um, typically in this off season um, from October through till April, is when you can prune your elm trees, they cannot be pruned throughout the summer as that opens it up to the Dutch elm disease. So if you have any big elms that you need looked after, you can give our team down at uh, Prune It Up. They'd be more than happy to come out and have a look at them. And also inspect all your trees at this time of year since they've lost their leaves for black knot or any dead damage or disease branching. It's important to, to get those things cleaned up at this time of year. And I'm going to go to the phone lines. We lost her earlier, but she's back. We're going to go to Lorraine. Good morning, Lorraine. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. How can I help you? I'm phoning about my Christmas cactus. Okay. And we have two cats in the house. They're 
just eager to <laughs> to get at it. And we've got it right now out of the way completely, of course, way on top of a bookcase. But for the Christmas season, I would like to bring it down, you know, and yep. um, hoping that you can give some suggestions as, as to how to cat-proof it. Are there new varieties out of Christmas cactus at all that uh, are not uh, appealing to cats? Yeah, and one thing you do know, if it does eat them, obviously you don't, it, but it, they're not poisonous to humans or cats. So They're not? Um, no. I thought they were. No, um, the fibrous material can cause like this, because if they eat too much of the foliage, it can cause some vomiting or, or diarrhea or something, but really they're not poisonous to humans or cats. So, oh, um, so you're, that you're, is reassuring. You're, you're good that way, but you obviously you don't want them eating your plants. No. Um, mm -hmm. um, you can try like there is a product called Bobex. Oh um, yeah. You can you can spray it on there, but then hopefully if your cat just uh, maybe gets bored of it, just get a little spray bottle, give it a little shot of water once in a while. <laughs> oh yeah, right. <laughs> when spray it goes at water. your cat, yeah. But yeah, other than that, it's hard. Like if you put it up, and sometimes cats, I know they get. Um, they get zoned in on something, and then you just don't want them crawling up on your shelf or onto a table. So, Sure. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Sorry. I don't really have any other ways of like yeah. um, this trying yeah. to get them out of the spot. But one yeah. thing you can be, like you said, you don't have to worry if it does eat a little bit of it. it mm. uh, they're not poisonous, so they're good. Okay. All right? Thank, thank you, you very much. Bye. All right. Thank you, Lorraine. Bye-bye. All right, and I'm going to go to Roberta. Good morning, yeah. Roberta. Hi, good morning. I'm Hi there. I'm How... about my ostrich ferns. Okay. I have a lot of them, and they're kind of on the north, and yeah. they grow very luxurious. I don't have any problem that way. But the older ones in, say, August in the center gets dark, dark chocolate brown. Yeah. New ones yeah, coming they... up, they never completely open up. So they probably need to be split out at that point, like some of those bigger, older ones. Yes. So you can dig them up early spring and maybe just separate them and then just get rid of some of the old growth in the middle. And, okay. uh And just clean them up to get to some the good, fresh stuff. Because like you said, they're, they're very hardy, yeah. but that's what I would do. I would just dig up some of those ones and split them apart. Okay. And so I would just... All one, aren't they like all one... One big bottom? ball, yeah. So we dig out a big ball, yes. and then just cut it down the center, okay. and then maybe into quarters, okay. and then just just peel out some of the center part that's kind of rattier looking, and you'll right. be able to tell what's good, and what's bad, and then yeah. just replant the good portions, and you should be totally fine. Oh, okay. Like it's a gorgeous chocolate brown, but it never never does yeah. anything. Yeah, it just they sort of just sit there. Okay. And so they, they just need to be cleaned out every so often. You just got lots of old growth. Yeah, they're old. And, and th those okay, are ones that you. aren't used. That those aren't used enough. And you, did you get nice fall color on them at all on your foliage? No, nope. nope. they just stay a, a nice green. Oh, really? Nice. Okay. Yeah. And what about the frost? Did they go brown on you? Or just oh, sort yes, of just definitely. Dial? They can't take any hardly. No. Yeah. Yeah, a gorgeous plant, especially for your shade, adds oh, that yes. gorgeous foliage. Oh, yeah, and they're beautiful, except this dark brown one's starting to come in the center. Okay, yeah. I'll split yeah. them in the spring. 
Yeah, you can just do that, and then that should help out, and then you can, uh, you'll have more of those ostrich ferns as well. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, and that's one part of gardening that uh, it sometimes is underutilized in the shade. It says we can do such great shade gardens here in Calgary and uh, and things like the ostrich ferns, Brunaria, hostas, ligularias, lots of great plants. Um, I think I got time for one. Actually, probably not. I'll just, I'll just hold off on Ralph. I'm just going to talk a bit more about a few other things. And right after the break, Ralph, we'll go right to you. And, uh, and just talking about if you are planting some gardens, if you had an area and maybe you tried some dogwood or cranberry or something that they kind of, a lot of times they'll say are for the shade. I just find a lot of times they don't perform that well. So you're better off going to Annabelle hydrangeas, um, hostas, ostrich ferns, like, uh, like Roberta was using. And then they're just going to grow so much better in those areas and you can create that really nice. And then if you want to add color, just use uh, like nonstop begonias, a few of those, the Bernaria, the hostas again with the white. It just gives you that uh, really, really nice look and uh, and just creates those shade areas so they don't look like they're suffering because I see it too often when someone tries to grow a dogwood or things like that and they just don't perform in the shade that well. Anyways, if you'd like to join me after the, the break, phone lines are wide open, 403 974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. It's sunny and minus 7 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Megan Cobb. Nine Canadian Armed Forces nurses who've been helping care for COVID-19 patients in Edmonton are on their way back to their home units. The nurses arrived October 4th following a request by the Alberta government for help to battle COVID's fourth wave. The UN Climate Summit in Glasgow formally opens today. COP26 will see negotiators from almost 200 countries try to tackle issues left hanging since the 2015 Paris Climate Accord was forged. Newfoundland and Labrador's post-secondary institutions are seeing a steep drop in enrollment in oil-focused engineering programs. Many of those who have enrolled say they did so because they want to bring change to the industry in an era of climate change. Sunny in one, but a wind chill of minus 13 this morning. Clear in minus eight overnight, and the conditions don't change much tomorrow. Sun and one degree. It's minus seven. Breaking news when it happens. Our next update at 11. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. Phone lines are wide open, 403 974 8255. That is the talk and text line. And actually, I do. Jen just texted me a picture. I forgot we had this. This is a newer product, and it's called Skedatter. And it's for it's a natural cat deterrent. And uh, it uses uh, essential oils like rosemary. And it smells nice to humans, but cats don't like it. And it's a granular. You just put it into the soil of the plant and you water it. And it lasts up to 45 to 60 days. And uh, and you're good to go. So you can just get some of that. It's called skedatter. So you can use it on your indoor house plants as well. If you have uh, any plants that like to get into your 
into your house plants and uh, maybe cause a little chaos, um, you can use that product. And it's a natural cat deterrent skedatter. It's actually made in Canada too, which is good. Let's go to the phone line. I'm going to go to Ralph. Good morning, Ralph. Morning, Merle. Thanks for taking my call. I got a couple of, of questions if you, if you have time. Um, Absolutely. The main one is about tulip beds. How do you prepare the tulip beds for the next season? I typically only dig them up about once every five or so years and, and separate them, but you can't really yeah. loosen the soil around them, can you? Or? No, no. And then that's the hard part, right? You sort of amend your soil really good. Like you can add some compost, sea soil, things like that before you before you go planting. Um, the nice thing is with tulips, they're not that, uh, they don't, they're not heavy, heavy feeders because if you let them winter and then die back, the energy goes back into the bulb. And if you just do a steady feeding of a granular, um, good fertilizer with a high middle number, you'll be fine with that. Um, and you can do it that way, but yeah, it's really hard to uh, amend your soil in those certain spots when you do have the tulips. So I, I try to do them in clumps so that way you can garden around them. So sort of pick some areas and put them in circles or squares or things like that. Yeah, so that okay. way you, you can still garden in other other areas. And, and you can also just put a, a little bit of a like that lawn edging or some sort of marker around so you kind of know where your tulips are. Yeah, and then right. just amend your soil around the other areas. So, because it is hard if you if you just do a big mass planting, it's it's hard to to deal with it. Yeah, because once the leaves die, you just got a bunch of open dirt. W what I've done is I've planted some annuals over top. Is that a yeah. good idea or a bad idea? Abs no, that's perfect. But again, if you're using, like I said, ones like petunias, and you could put a little bit of potting soil right over top of the tulips, and it's not going to hurt it. And then if you dig down, so if you're planting petunias, things like that, that are pretty easy to grow and they don't have huge root systems like right. where they're where they're getting in, they're easy to pull out. Yeah, um, right. Totally fine, totally fine okay. with that kind of thing. Absolutely. So and and so that's great. Thanks. And when you dig them up, they they have these little bulblets off to the side, different sizes, some a little bit bigger. Can you save those? Can you, should you replant them? Yeah. Do you, do you yeah, you them can definitely. Or? Yeah, that's them reproducing more bulbs. So. If you want to separate them that way, you can uh, you can pull them apart and then replant them, similar to like garlic, and then you can plant more tulips. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. Great. So I got a second question. If you have time. Absolutely. Go ahead. Uh, one is uh, it's on a bridal veil spirea. Now you mentioned earlier you've mentioned a few times throughout the year you can prune those back to almost to the ground. This yep. spiral, uh, this uh, bridal veil spirea that I have, it's about five or six foot. It's kind of scraggly, I guess. It still produces flowers in the spring. Is that? Can I cut that back to <laughs> yeah, whatever? Yeah, you can take it right down to the ground. It and and if they get big and woody, sort of thing, like where there's, uh, you can sort of see lots of branches throughout the summer become woody, lots of deadwood. Yeah, I w those are great candidates for rejuvenation. So just take them right down to the ground, oh. like three to four inches right off the ground, and it'll just send all kinds of new growth in the spring. Oh. You might not get blooms the first year you do it, but good chance you will. Um, so just do that early, early spring, like uh, okay. April, something like that, March, yeah. April. 
um, do it before any of that it doesn't waste any of its ener- energy and then give it a good water good fertilizer at that point oh, okay. give it some 15 30 15 and uh yeah you'll be super impressed it just like mock oranges any of those spireas the nine bark just when they get that sort of they've gone on for sort of eight to ten years or more and you get sort of just a bunch of deadwood but you'll yeah, be amazed right. like it'll be right back up to three or four feet the first year no problem I was always afraid to do that because it was so large. That, well, that's a pretty big bush. I'm probably going to kill it. But I, I didn't realize part of the spirea family, you could do it for, for something even that large. So that's great. Yeah, okay. no, absolutely. And it's and I said it, it's good for them once well just to clean them out. So yeah. you'll be good to go. Perfect. Okay, well, thanks, Merle. Appreciate your time. Have a great day. Yeah, yeah. thanks, thanks. for calling, Ralph. Yeah. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403 nine seven four eight two five five um you can give me a shout and that also is the talk and text line and actually what have i got here actually i'm not going to this one was sort of based on some other questions and uh i'm gonna go hi merle this i cut this out of my mayday tree is it black knot can i spray it with pure spray green would it help only found one spot in the tree yeah, that is definitely black knot, and it attacks a lot of the prunus family. So maydays, um, Schubert's, it, and it really doesn't hit some of the other prunus, like the some of the plum trees and things like that. So for the most part, it sticks to those two varieties. There's not really a cure. The best thing is cut it out like you've done. You can do an early spring spray, like when it first leaves out, just as soon as it's done blooming, you can give it a spray of a fungicide. You can either use pure spray green or you can use a copper spray. You can give them a treatment at that point. But yeah, um, the really a lot of times the only way to do it and just dispose of that and because it's an airborne spore. So a lot of times if you leave that on your tree, it's very contagious to other trees around and birds land on it and goes in there, but also airborne spores. So you, you did the right thing by cutting that out. That's great. And right now I'm just going to take a break um, for a few commercials. If you'd like to join me again, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. Um, did get a quick text or, in, or someone called in just talking about also the ostrich ferns do sometimes get a brown and that's part of the bloom that comes up in the center. But I do believe the caller I was chatting with, it was just they were staying low, and it's just a, a, brown, a brown dead center on them, and that's sort of when they need to get uh, split at that point. And sometimes the, the little curly, the fiddleheads, just won't open up, the croziers of the ostrich fern. So some of those, so at some of those times you just got to split them apart when they get really big and uh and treat them that way as well and i'm going to go to the phone line we're going to go to barb good morning barb hi merle um mark is coming over to cut three of my towering uh poplars down um they're very they're quite close to the house the thing that I'm really concerned about is um, the suckering that I'm going to be getting from them and how I can avoid that. Um, he had said that we could drill, um, you know, holes into the stumps and pour a product in. Um, yeah, we have a stump rot um, product that you can use. 
Okay. Will that still be effective? Because he's not coming until the twelfth uh, of no uh, of November, and you know it's very cold out right now. And I'm just wondering how effective that will be. I, I don't think, but you won't get any suckering either at this point. So it might be just something you want to. You, if you're going to get any suckering, that's going to start occurring first thing in the spring. Right. And those are weird. Like sometimes you take them right down, and are they aspens or tower poplars? Um, these are tower poplars. Okay. They're the ones that are the more rounded leaf. Is that the towering poplar? No, the aspen has more round. The the tower poplar is a bit more serrated, like right, a lot right. bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and they're absolutely huge. And I mean, I, I absolutely love them. But you know what? Their 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 root system has just gone a little bit crazy on us, and. Um, and too close to the house. We were told that we could plant them there, um, you know, 20 years ago, but um, they've gotten too large. So um, is it a good idea to put this product on this fall? I think I would, I think I would wait till spring. Like I, I'll look it up, and I'm not too sure. I'll text actually Brad or Jen if they're listening, if they could uh, have a quick look at that uh, product on the label for me. I'm not... A hundred percent sure, but my thought is I would probably wait till spring and, okay. and do it. Are are we going to be grounding the stumps for you as well, or? Well, it, uh, Mark suggested not actually to do that because if we're going to be drilling the solution, you know, putting the solution yeah. into the stump, we you know we have to leave it. Um, so uh, we thought we would do that on our own. Um, yeah. you know, we would just get them to cut. Once the it rots out, yeah, right. And, what do you what do you plan on doing in the area afterwards? Um, basically nothing. Um, you know, I think we've learned our lesson with planting too close to the foundation because it, you know, it's really only about oh, I'd say ten or twelve feet from from the house, and um, you know, the root systems have really, um, you know, sort of yeah. taken off on me. So okay, uh, yeah, they're probably the tower poplar. But what I would probably do, do you, are you able to get a machine back there at all or anything? Because that isn't too far for, for a lot of other trees. Like you could definitely plant like a gladiator crab apple in that spot. And oh, okay. there's lots of other trees that you could definitely put in that area. Right, yeah. So, no, I, I think we're probably just going to leave it uh, blank and okay. maybe put a little patio there. But it's... Uh, Okay, yeah, if, you, I, I, if you're going to do any of that, you're going to have to excavate it out anyways, even with the rocks. There's going to be a lot of roots in there. So yeah. what I would do is probably first thing in the spring and over the winter, plan on what you're going to do with that area. If you if you plan on doing a patio, mm -hmm. just like and if you if you're any of the landscapers you're going to deal with, just let them know that there was three trees there. And then what we would do if I like if our landscape guys were coming, we'd come in with our mini excavator and we just dig all that root system out. Okay. And 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 remove it, and then if we're doing a patio, we'd remove all the soil at that point, and then we'd put road crush and build a proper base. But if right. you want to do a garden, I would still use the mini excavator. We'd rip the root system out, and then we'd replenish the area with new garden soil. So okay. just maybe think about what you want to do with it, or lawn, or whatever. And sure. then um, when you have big poplars like that, it it's it's almost inevitable that you're going to have to remove the root system at some time because it's just if you go to dig or do anything there's going to be lots of roots in there right and so if just, i do 
remove um, the roots, though? I mean, because obviously these, the, you know, these roots have traveled everywhere yep. because I'm, I'm finding them over on the other side of my lawn, sort of, and they're starting to sort yep. of shoot up once in a while. Um, is that going to stop it if I cut? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it will. And you'll you'll still get the odd one because that's naturally how an aspen or a poplar, like they're colony plants, right? Right. Um, so when you like when you look up in the forest and then in the natural forest, um, you'll see them change color in different pods. Like okay. so that's sort of one family, another family, and a lot of times they won't all change color at that exact same time or leaf out. But that's oh. typically their generational tree. So one will grow and then the big old ones will get old and die off, and then the new young ones come up, and then they right. push the old ones over. Yeah. Um, so you will get the odd one coming up, but when you remove the big mother plant like that, it's going to cut off all the rest of the root system, and you, okay. you'll still get the odd one popping up, and those you can just either dig out or just uh, put a little bit of Roundup on just on top of the leaves there, and okay. it'll, it'll, it'll knock them right down. So. Okay, so don't do anything this fall, but really nope, get aggressive yeah. this uh, in in the spring with it then. And yeah, and decide covered. what you want to do and then attack it. That way you're not doing it twice, right? Like sort of think, right. okay, we really thought a patio was going to be nice. So the plan of attack would be get the mini excavator in there. We'd remove the root system. Um, we'd put the proper base in for doing pavers or whatever or patio. And then go that route. And but as I said, if you decide, hey, maybe we want to plant tree, uh, gladiator crab apple or something like that, you can still do that. And uh, yeah, so just okay. plant it out over the winter. You got a few months, and All then right. uh, then hit it with a good plan in the spring. Okay, thank you so much. All right, thanks, Barb. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. All right. All right. If if you'd like to call me, phone lines are wide open for the last ten minutes. We can probably get fit in two or three calls. You can call me at 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone lines. We're going to go to Lorena. Good morning, Lorena. Yes, hi. Good morning, Merle. Hi there. How can I help you? I have a couple of questions. Okay. Uh, one of them, I have a, an Annabelle one of your Annabelle. Yeah, Annabelle hydrangeas. Yeah. I was going to keep it in the garage. I, I'm not able to put it in the ground, and I just wondered what I'm supposed to do with it. Cut it back, or um, you don't really have to do anything with it. Um, the main thing is is they're very hardy. So if you aren't able to plant it, you just want to put it in the coolest, sort of darkest place in the garage um, possible. Um, or you can even put it outside, like up against a building, and then just cover it up with leaves and watered in really good, so it just stays frozen outside. Oh, um, and then just plant it in the spring. Oh, that, then it, I could just leave it right where I had it in the shade. Yeah, put and, it in the shade, and then maybe just cover up the pot with some leaves, or if you can, dig it into the ground a little bit. Oh, not really. It, I I can't do that. So okay. Yeah, so just so just do that. Um, put it in the coolest, shadiest spot in your yard. Cover it with some leaves. Water it in really well, and it should be totally fine in the spring. Okay, and do I cut that back in the spring? Yes, 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 because they always grow up from the bottom. Oh, okay. Do you plan on planting it in the spring? Pardon? Into the ground? Yes, it'll go into the ground in the spring. Yep, 
Yeah, so right when you plant it, cut it back at the same time, plant it into the ground, start watering it, and you should be good to go. Okay, and uh, fertilize 15, 30, 15. 15, 30, 15, absolutely. Okay, yep. and I, unfortunately, uh, there wasn't a final cut done on my grass. It's very okay. long. Would a person dare still cut that? Like it's like absolutely, yeah. If you uh, like this week, it's gonna be plus ten. Yeah, you could definitely, yeah, definitely give it one more cut for the season. Okay, yeah, because it's definitely most uh, there'd be a lot of. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. When you do that, you're going to uh, really be set up for a, a mouse infestation yeah. if you leave the grass too long. So absolutely. Okay. Wonderful. Alrighty. Great. Thanks, Thank Lorena. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I think I got time. I'm going to go to David. Good morning, David. Hi, Mer Hi Merle. How are you doing? Um, good, good. How I, can I help you? Uh, just um, so my neighbor, um, he has this, uh, like my house is uh, built in 73, so it's almost 50 years old, same as my neighbor's. But he has a spruce tree that's, uh, I think the base is about a about a meter meter wide at at breast level, and I'm about six feet. And then yeah. I think the tree itself is about sixty sixty two feet, sixty five feet ish. Um, yeah. I'm having trouble trying to grow anything. Like my grass won't take. Uh, it it just seems to be pulling everything out of my out of my yeah, yard. And that's yeah, and that's what it will underneath the spruce tree for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. So I a lot of times I don't try to fight with Mother Nature. Um, what I'll do is I'll just remove any of the grass from about a foot away out from the from the drip line, so from the where the branches reach out. Yeah. Sort of remove that. And I'll put just put bark mulch underneath there, and you yeah. can put some rocks or some other ornament. You you can try to grow some junipers under there. Depends on how high the limbs are or, or how much um, water it's going to get. Yeah, and that it's just the problem. It's it's my neighbor's tree. It's not my tree, right? So yeah. and and it's like almost like right on our property line, and I'm trying to, um, and it's in the front. And I was looking at building a deck or doing some some yard work, and I'm just wondering if I start digging in and cutting out these roots, is that going to affect the tree? Because it is. How close to it is the property line? Is it? Uh, I'd probably say maybe. Uh, I'd say at maximum maybe ten feet. Okay, if, if it's if it's at least ten feet out, you should be fine. Right. Because <clears throat> you you'll remove some of the roots, but. You should be fine, and and whenever, if you're if you're dealing with a landscaper or something, we should be able to give you some advice at that time, or if right. you if you'd like to give us a shout, we'd be more than happy to come out and just uh, give you a bit of consultation. Yeah, on, yeah, on what you could about, do there. Yeah, we're going to have to prune the prune is prune the like I mean, there's there's no branches probably from about I'd say six feet uh, above the ground is when the branches start because uh, okay. the lady who owned the house she's always pruned it, and then yeah, we're looking. He's bringing going to bring in a, a somebody. Uh, to prune the tree to get the branches away from my property. But I was just, the only thing I've been able to, to take, which is, and it's been a spotty take, is I picked up some micro clovers from, from you guys. Yeah, and, and you can also use Ecolon. Like, that will grow underneath it. So what you need to do is add some fresh loam underneath it and the okay. grass seed. But sorry, David, I got to go. I'm going to yep. get, uh, I'm out of time here. So thanks for listening. And uh, all right, take care. Thank all you. right. Bye. All right. Thanks, everybody. Happy Halloween. Be safe out there. And we'll get our garden on right here next week on 770 CHQR.